We continue now with the fourth lecture in the series on Parsha Shalach, beginning at Ravi and hearing the denouement, the ending, the horrible ending of the story which we have been studying. God said to Moshe and Aaron, notice that now Aaron is being brought into the act, so to speak. And Rebunishlam said that how long will this evil group complain against me? I've heard all this. I've heard it all. And more and say to them, Just as you have spoken in my ears, so I will do to them. I heard what you said. You said you can't win. You said you're going to die in the desert. You're going to die in the desert. In this desert, your corpses will fall. And all the numbers of people, which in the past parashos, there have been censuses of thousands, tens of thousands of Jews, you're all going to fall as corpses. Those of you who are mi benesrim shonovamala, those of you who are twenty years and above today, Asher Haldi no you are the ones whom I hold responsible. Imatem el I swear you lest you will go into the land. The land which I raised my hand to have you dwell there, meaning the land which I promised to you. Ki Notice earlier, it was only Kolev who was mentioned, only Kolev who spoke, only Kolev who was to be spared. Now we get the fuller picture, Yehoshua too. You were concerned that your young children will be taken captive, they will be the booty, the Hevesi Osam, they will be brought and they will know the land which you have rejected. Whereas your corpses will fall in this desert. And your children, they will be roim, they will be shepherds, they will have sustenance in the desert for 40 years. Instead of going in instantly, they will have to bear and carry and suffer for your sins. Until this generation um, dies out. Corresponding to the number of days that you spent spying out the land. For 40 days. A day for a year. Yom Lashana, a day for a year, really a year for a day. For for 40 days, 40 years. Tosfano says here, Yom Lashana, a day in the year, the day of Tisha B'Av. You will bear your sins, suffer for your sins for 40 years. You will see what it means to stray from me. Ani Hashem Dibarti. I am God, I have spoken. Notice the call again. Everyone is guilty here, with only two exceptions, Yoshua and Kolev. 
This, in this desert you'll be finished, in this desert you will die. And these people who Moshe sent to spy out the land and who returned and who incited all the people, call Ho to speak negatively about the land, they will die. These people who spoke this way against the land, so the actual group of Meraglim who spoke the Diba, they were punished on the spot immediately with his Magefa, with his plague. But the rest of the people, the Koloeda, they were punished in a different manner by being confined to the Midbar for 40 years. However, two were spared, Yehoshua and Kolev. This is the message that the Rebona Shlom gave to Moshe, to Aaron. It looks like, it's interesting, if you look back on Pasuk Chavav, God said this to Moshe and to Aaron. But who went to the people to report it? Moshe. It's as if Aaron, the great Ohe Shalom, the great lover of the Jewish people, couldn't bring himself to report back this horrible, horrible news. But Moshe did. And Moshe told the people. And the people mourned. They grieved greatly. And what was their response? God anticipated it. God said, don't get any ideas. Don't think that you're going to be able to just push into the land. There's Amalek there. There's Canaan there. Go back the other direction. But they persisted. They awoke in the morning. They went back up toward the mountain and said, We have sinned, so we're going to go ahead and possess the land. So here, as this Sforno points out, was the recognition that they had sinned. This is not an entirely hopeless people. They recognize and they say, Ki there's a hakora sachet here. The first ingredient in, in, in tshuva is at least knowing that you sinned. They knew that they sinned, but nevertheless, they wanted to, they didn't get the message. If you sin, you've got to obey God. You can't say, yes, I've sinned, but I'm going to do it my way. Moshe said to them, okay, great. You guys are saying that you sinned. That's wonderful. But you're also saying that now you're going to go up and, and, and possess Eretz Yisrael. No, that's against God's wishes and cannot be successful. Do not go up because God is not with you. Do not be beaten by your enemies. And again, your enemies, they're waiting for you. You will fall by the sword. Don't you get it? You're turned against God. God will not be with you. You can't win without him. But they persisted and stubbornly, they with strength, they forced themselves, pushed their way, to go up the mountain. The Aron, the Aron, Ark, and Moshe, they didn't move. They just stood by and watched as these 
basically suicidal people persisted. And indeed, that's what happened. And the whole story ends with these tragic words. The Amalek and Canaan who were lying in wait up in that mountain, they descended, they beat them, they smote them, they struck them, reduced them, they laid waste to them. And that's the end of the story. Powerful, powerful story indeed. And of course, the sin of the Miraglim stays with us, stays with the Jewish people throughout our history. But we're not finished yet. We're not up to Chamisha yet. And here the Torah shifts gears in a fascinating way. To some, this almost reads like an anticlimax or as a non sequitur. He just told us this dramatic, tragic, gut-wrenching story. And now you're going to tell us something about the way in which we should bring Karbanos, the manner in which Karbanos have to be brought. And you're going to teach us that when you bring a Karbon, an animal Karbon, along with that Karbon, along with that sacrifice, one must bring a certain measure of wine and a certain measure of a meal, of flour. The mincha and the nesochim, the soles and the yayin, which has to be brought as an accompaniment to the carbon. The carbon has to be, as if it were, embellished by the uh, nesochim. And the Torah begins the intro into this parsha sanesochim, with the following words, and the following words help us see what is the connection. And commentaries from the time of, of uh, the Medrash right down until today try to find a reason for this shift. But the reason really, I think, is in these first psukim. Because now the Jewish people, they've seen these miraglim killed, they've seen the plague, they've seen these ma'apilim, those who would push their way into Eretz Yisrael, they found them just crushed. And the attitude of the people would, of course, be very, very um, demoralized. So God says to Moshe and says, tell them this message that they should not be demoralized. When you come to the land where you will one day settle, you will come into Eretz Israel. This punishment of staying in the desert is not forever. It's only for a time, but the time will come when you will come there and when you and when you come there, you will have the opportunity to offer korbanos. Well, his, this is the way that you offer korbanos. When you bring a fiery offering to God, an ola, which is a totally consumed offering, o zevach, or a korban shlomim, which is a sacrifice which is partially offered upon the altar, but partially eaten by the kohanim and by the persons who brought the korban. Lefale neder ovenedovo, whether you have expressed a vow of one kind or another. Neder is a vow in which the person says, this this object, this behemoth, is going to be a carbon for me. 
The dove was when a person says, I commit myself to bringing an animal as a sacrifice. Both expressions of a voluntary gift of a sacrifice. Or on your yamim tovim, when you bring sacrifices which are not necessarily voluntary, but which are prescribed to be brought on certain days, then, and you want that these animals should be a fragrant offering to God, either from cattle, from cows, or from tzon, from sheep or goats. So let me tell you something. It's not enough to bring the animal. You've got to bring the following two accompaniments. He who brings the korban should bring with each and every animal that he brings mincha soles isaron, a meal offering, a isaron measure, a tenth measure of flour. Balul birvies hain shomen, mixed well together with a quarter of a hin of oil. So he brings a korban mincha. The mincha, notice, is not an animal offering, but a vegetable offering. It's an offering from flour and from oil. And the same quantity of oil that he puts into the flour, that same quantity, a quarter of the measure called hin, of wine, should also be brought together with the burnt offering or the shlomim, the peace offering. So for a keves, which is a young sheep, the um, the um, co- the accompaniment is one isaron of flour with a revius of revius hin of oil and a revius hin of yai olo ail. But suppose he brings an older sheep, a sheep which is thirteen months and a day and older, then he brings extra mincha. He brings not one-tenth, but two-tenth measures of flour. And not a quarter of a hin of oil, but rather a larger amount of oil, a third of a hin. And for wine, he brings not a quarter of a hin, but again, a third of a hin. These should be brought as a fragrant offering. So this switch is one which we all have to come to terms to, a switch from narrative to prescriptive mitzvot, a switch from drama and tragedy to the routine of the sacrifices, of the ritual sacrifices. It is a switch. But to me, it has two meanings. Number one, as I emphasized, it's an assurance that the Jewish people will come into the land of Israel and will one day have a place where they will offer korbanos. And the korbanos must be not just from the animal world, but from the vegetable world. There must be a mincha with shemen and soles, with oil and flour, and a yayin mesochim. By the way, the mincha various halachos about a mincha, but generally speaking, the depending upon the min, the type of mincha that it is, the mincha is offered upon the mizbeach, and um, the in some cases a 
fingers fulls, three fingers full of the mincha is taken and put upon the mizbeach and the rest of the mincha is eaten um, by the kohanim. And the yayin is poured into the sephalim. The yayin is poured into little cup-like basins which are located on the southwest corner of the uh, mizbeach. This then is the um, end of Revi'i Techamishi. We have finished now four of the seven uh, lectures. And tomorrow, Mirz Hashem will go on to learn from Chamishi to Shishi. Lesson number five is coming up.